1: Hello, this is Christina Sasso of Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God International, and you're listening to the Prophetic Voice of Our Time. So this is the second pre-recorded message concerning prophecy and the prophetic school, and I hope everything is well. I know that while me and Joshua are gone, there's a lot of wonderful things that are happening in this country, and also upon the body of Christ, so let us pay attention. Amen? Before I begin, uh, Michael and Randy, I'm addressing you both personally. Turn around. Your choices on the road where you're heading is very careless. You need to turn around, okay? Turn around right now in the name of Jesus and uh, settle with God. Face your responsibility and God will make a way. You think that you are cornered? You think that there is no hope for you? No, there is always hope in Christ Jesus. Amen? So turn around, turn around, son. Okay, we're going to continue in, uh, in focus of the prophetic, the heart of God, the will of God, the word of God, the plan or purpose of God, the voice of God, and the holiness of God. In Revelation 19.10, the testimony of our Lord Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. God describes David as a man after God's own heart. David did not focus in his life, in his failings, or how to become a king. He allowed God to prepare him, and he was patient, okay? Now, let's go to Jonah, Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. Here is a prophet who knew the heart of God, but he did not have the heart of God. So, for you and I, we have to know the heart of God at the same time, endeavor to have our heart after his own, amen? Okay. Jonah chapter 1, starting with verse 1 in NLT. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. And you know what happened? He got swallowed by a fish for three days and three nights, and and finally... He repented, and uh, the fish spew him out to the city of Nineveh. So Jonah finally went to Nineveh and pronounced the judgment of the Lord. In Jonah chapter 3, verse 6, When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes. He dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks, may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change His mind and hold back His fierce anger from destroying us. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, He changed His mind and did not carry out the destruction He had threatened. Remember, remember what we discussed in the previous program. If you missed it, we are on Spotify or you can go to our website, SOGMI.org and listen to it. Amen? It is the will of God that all men shall be saved. Ezekiel thirty-three eleven. God does not enjoy the punishment of the wicked, okay? And of course, God was merciful, but Jonah was very unhappy. He hated those people, and uh, they have been very cruel to his people, and he wants them destroyed. He wanted them destroyed, okay? In Jonah chapter 4, verse one, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. Verse 2, so he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I not say before I left home that you will do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are merciful and compassionate, God, slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. So much drama. So Jonah is about what he wants, and he wants the Lord to follow, him and to give him what he wants instead of him following the Lord. This is kind of some some of the people here now. They want they want somebody to die. They want the political leaders to be destroyed. You want them to go to jail. And and they wanted they wanted America. They wanted California to fall. I, I mean, hello. What if you're living there? You have a different set of rules. So uh, Jonah Jonah said, just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. So down to verse 10 and 11, the Lord confronted Jonah. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. Remember the broom tree? He was waiting on top of the hill hoping that God will still destroy the city of Nineveh. And then the sun went up and it was scorching heat and God allowed the broom tree to give him shade and then the broom tree died and Jonah was upset. Look at him. God took care of him when it was so hot, but he doesn't want God to be merciful on others. Double standard, okay? Jonah chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Should I not feel sorry for such a great city? So Jonah knew the heart of God, but he did not have the heart of God. He didn't want to obey. He only wanted to obey when he likes the mission, sometimes I ask permission to cry first, and then I'll obey him. I reason with him, but he always tell me. I tell God, come on, God, let let us discuss this. And he listened to me, and he listened to me, because I, I quoted him a scripture. It was his idea, come, let us reason together. Let us discuss this, God. And he listened to me. And then afterwards, and said, Christina. I'm a God who changes not. Guess who has to change? It's me. I have to change. And I'm glad he doesn't change. Amen? Okay. When uh, Oral Roberts celebrated his, I don't know how, how many years of anniversary, I was there. In the overflow area, in the hallway, outside and inside of that sanctuary, of that facility, you feel the presence of God. It's amazing to me. And when he was there, he gave us books. He, he signed them, and he gave us this book. At the back of it, he gave each and every one of us advice. It was a minister's conference. Number one, he told us, find the will of God. That's Oral Roberts. Number two, once you find the will of God, contend no more with flesh and blood. Don't listen to naysayers anymore. Just focus in obeying the will of God. Be in the perfect will of God. And then number three, and said, carry out that will. Carry out that mission. Follow that instruction. Focus on it no matter what. Pursue it no matter at what cost. If it will cost you everything, pursue it. And he knew what he was talking about. Amen? So in our walk with God, this is a segue. In our walk with God, since I'm teaching a prophetic school, as a leader, as in the frontliners, do you know that we're all called in the frontliners, right? You are as important as anyone else. Listen to me. Let us watch very carefully and be mindful of our eyes, what we see, and spiritually, our spiritual eyes too, okay? That's why we must focus on our Lord Jesus Christ, then you will not be out of focus, okay? You need to watch our eyes, our ears, what we hear, what we listen to. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. We have to watch our mind. We have to have the mind of Christ. And most important thing, the heart, the issues of our hearts. Amen? When David sinned against God, he took Uriah's wife, Bathsheba and had the husband killed. He tried to hide his sin. And that sin that he committed is punishable by death. Okay. I heard some ministers on the pulpit blaming Bathsheba instead of David. They were saying, what is she doing bathing out there in the open? Let me say something to you. If you preach that message and if you Believe that message. A stupid spirit has come upon you, and you need repentance and deliverance. Okay? And I can pray for you, but I'm in the Philippines right now, busy. But uh, stop doing that. Stop blaming somebody else. In those days, if you've been to Israel, many of the houses did not have roof. It's either there's mud on top of it, like an underground. They're underground, or they did not have any roof, or a part of the house did not have any roof, and usually it is the bathroom. So David, who was supposed to be with his men, decided to stay home, went on the roof of his palace, and it is the highest point in that region. So he was able to see this woman bathing, all right? And Bathsheba didn't do anything. Remember, he ordered his men to come and get her. So what are you going to do? You cannot refuse a king. You need to go to Israel. And don't just take a tour. Go on a spiritual pilgrimage. Every time we go to Israel, that's what we do. Anyway, she got pregnant and King David tried to cover his sin. So the Lord sent Nathan, the prophet, to David in 2 Samuel chapter 12. Naaman told him a story about two men, one is rich and had many animals, and one is poor and have only one. Okay? So in Second Samuel chapter twelve verse three, it says The poor man owned nothing but one little lamb he had bought. He raised that little lamb and it grew up with his children. Down to verse four. One day a guest arrived at the home of the rich man. But instead of killing an animal from his own flock or herd, he took the poor man's lamb and killed it and prepared it for his guest. David was furious, just like some people now. They are so busy pointing at other sins, and yet they are committing the same sin. Okay? So David was furious and said, As surely as the Lord lives, he vowed any man who would do such thing, Deserves to die. He must repay four lambs to the poor man for the one he stole, and having no pity. Verse 7. Then Nathan said to David, You are that man. The Lord, the God of Israel, says, I anointed you king of Israel, and saved you from the power of Saul. I gave your master's house and his wives, and the kingdoms of Israel and Judah. And if that had not been enough, I would have given you so much more. Why then have you despised the word of the Lord and done this horrible thing? For you have murdered Uriah the Hittite with the sword of the Ammonites and stolen his wife. Down to verse 13. Then David confessed to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord, Nathan replied. Yes, but the Lord has forgiven you and you won't die for this sin. That sin is punishable by death. But because he repented, the Lord forgave him and he's not going to die. But there's repercussion, okay? Verse 14. Nevertheless, because you have shown utmost contempt for the word of the Lord by doing this, your child will die. David deserved to die, but God forgave him. But God did not absolve him for the repercussions of his sins. I mean, his. Entire family were affected by it. And an innocent child died because of that. Our God is a holy God. Don't abuse the grace. Don't use grace as a license to sin. Okay? And David was probably was relieved because you cover your sin, it it never go away. You always look behind your back. And David repented, and he wrote Psalm 51. He went, listen to this, he went after the heart of God. David knew that God does not enjoy the punishment of the wicked, in which he was. He did wicked things. But David knew God is not going to enjoy punishing him. But rather they repent and live. David knew that it is the will and the heart of God. I want you to listen very carefully on this. David knew that it is the will and the heart of God not to inflict judgment, but to save. John 3, 16 and 17, he gave us Jesus. Now you know why David was described by God as a man after his own heart. David knew the heart of God. And you must know the heart of God. It is not too late for you, David. Just go before the Lord. There is nothing too serious or too wicked that God cannot forgive. Same thing with you, Cecilia and Natasha. And for those of you that are being convicted right now by the Holy Spirit, repent before the Lord. You don't need to repent it publicly you repent before the Lord. It's between you and Him. And open yourself. Rather, throw, throw yourself at the mercy of God instead of being punished by men. Okay? He is, he is so loving, and He'll find a way, will make a way for you. Just don't do it again. Amen? Okay. In Psalm chapter 51, starting with verse 1, NLT, it says, Have mercy on me, O God. Because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot the stains of my sins. See, he went after the heart of God. Wash me clean from my guilt, purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion, it haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned, I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. Throw yourself, take responsibility, God is merciful. Down to verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And make me willing to obey you. And then he promised God, this is what I'm going to do. In verse 13. Then I will teach your ways to rebels, and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. Down to verse 17. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O oh God. God is not going to reject you. He loves you. Amen. The foundation of God is love. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 19 through 21. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription: The Lord knows those who are his. And everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of woods and clay. Some are for noble purposes and some for ignoble. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, he will be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. The heart of God is His purpose and His plan towards you is to bless you, to give you hope and a future. That is the plan of God. It is not to punish you every time you commit a sin. No, he wants you to repent. He wanted you to take responsibility of that sin and have a repentant heart. And he cannot help himself like he cannot. When, when he saw the king and the entire city of Nineveh and pray. they included their animals there. He cannot help himself because that's who he is. He is love. He is merciful. He is kind. And so he forgave them. He forgave them. Same thing with David. In spite of his sin, he knew that he was finished. But he didn't look at his sin. He did not look at his life just like we should not look at our life. We should look at the one who called us by name. He does not make mistakes. When he called you, my dear brother, my dear sister, He did not make any mistake. He still has confidence that you're going to turn around and receive your inheritance in Christ Jesus. We have a wonderful life here on earth. We are the light of this world. We preserve life. And every day, if we take on that and have a clean heart, it doesn't matter, not even single one of us Christians have gotten it a hundred percent right. We stumble along the way sometimes. I stumbled along the way, and sometimes I continue to move forward. I have wounds. I'm bleeding, but still I knew I am destined for greatness. Same thing with you. God does not play favorites. Keep that in mind. So, as this country, as a nation, and as a body of Christ here in the United States of America are transitioning forward towards that greatness. Take responsibility and get excited and join in. It doesn't matter if people tell you you don't qualify. It's too late for you. As long as you're still here on earth, there is a chance for you. You need to turn around, okay? Make things right before God and he will see you through. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and before you knew it, Everything's going to be all right. I had a, um, uh, we had an employee years ago, and uh, he just kind of, uh, he, he was not saved. But uh, me and Mike, we'd been praying for our employees, and uh, been, i have been ministering to them. And uh, one time came to me, and he was crying. He, uh, when, he when he was uh, just a teenager, a young boy, he got a girl pregnant, but he stopped the uh, alimony, and he, he, he got into some kind of trouble that he would not tell me. I didn't realize that when we hired him, he is under probation. Now he was informed that he's going to jail. So he, he was telling me goodbye. He was resigning. And he thanked me for the opportunities that we gave him. And I said, like, wait a minute. And he said, do you, be, uh, do you believe in miracles? If you don't, if you're going to agree with me and if you're going to believe it, uh, it will be a miracle for you. Is that all right? And say, so you're not going to go to jail. You're going to stay here working for us. And I ministered to him, and, and I asked for the, uh, for the name of the uh, probation officer, and I prayed to the Lord for mercy, and, and then he got saved. Okay? So I went to prayer, I went into prophesying, and, and I sent a fax to the probation uh, officer and I called him and I asked God for a special favor. And I told the probation officer, I can put him to work here. And if I put him to work here, I guarantee you, he is not going to commit any crime any longer. And if I had problems and said, I am going to report it and tell you, and then you can do whatever you want with him. And the probation officer agreed, and I put him on some um, work. I taught him how to pray and said, this is, this is your criteria. You have to pray. You always do the right thing. And he never went back to jail. God is that merciful. After a few, many years, after more than a decade, uh, I was at uh, the grocery store, and there is somebody called out my name, and he introduced himself. He was that man. And I said, my life has never been the same when you prayed for me and when you ministered to me. And I just want to thank you. And said, I always thought about you and, and Mike. That is the will of God. So you have another chance. And for all, all of us who are waiting and think that we will never attain it, no. 2023 is a year of reset and golden opportunities are still open for us. Amen? God bless you for tuning in. Until next time.
0: Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. We really hope you were blessed by today's episode. And if you were, we want to hear from you. You can call us at 210-695-1630. Or you can email us at sogmi@outlook.com. At That's SOGMI at Outlook.com. And we really encourage you to visit our website sogmi.org that is s o g m i.org that's where you can listen to previous episodes of this podcast and even support this broadcast we're supported by listeners just like you so if you want to support this ministry you can go to sogmi.org and hit the donate button you can also send a check to PO box 1579 helotus texas 78023 again that is PO box one five seven nine, the Lotus Texas 780